0: This this is 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 Fight
1: Disciples.
0: We are gathered here today
1: for the Fight Disciples UFC and boxing Talk.
0: Welcome to episode 102 of the Fight Disciples podcast today dedicated to the world of UFC plenty to talk about um, off the back of UFC 211 at the weekend. If you've only just stumbled across us, welcome. Welcome to the show, man. This is the best sports podcast in the UK. That's not us saying it. Loads of people will attempt to say that and blag that right. We're official. British Podcast Awards, three weeks ago, we were crowned the best in the business. So welcome along. Hopefully you're going to enjoy what you're going to hear over the next hour or so, all right? Um, Fightdisciples.com is our website. If you want to go back and have a listen to any other episodes that we've done, we do something on boxing as well. Uh, And you can get us on social media at fightdisciples.com on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I thoroughly recommend that you follow us on all those platforms because just random things happen throughout the course of the week where we're in the presence of fighting royalty on certain occasions and we'll just Facebook live it or we'll Instagram live it, we'll do Instagram stories, we'll tweet about it, all that type of stuff and you can obviously have access to that through our social media so make sure you're a part of it. Um, Now before we get stuck into obviously a fantastic card at the weekend and obviously blowing our own horn that we told you last week to get involved with this. I just want to uh, tackle a a few things from a lifestyle point of view. Yesterday, I mentioned um, that my colleague who, um, well, he's got a chequered past as my colleague. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? Well, I just want to say that... My past's not chequered. Your your dad has revealed something. I mean, I wish I'd have known this before we started this relationship 15 (laughs) months ago. I'm going to be dead straight with you, right? Your your dad sent me a message involving a picture which puts you in a very precarious situation, Nicholas. <laughs> Last week, we were talking about, obviously, the way that you dress yourself now that you're a 40-year-old geezer. You can't be trusted. You, 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 you're clashing colours left, right and centre. Well, yep. off the back of that, your dad sent me a picture of you wearing flip-flops, sports shorts, a sh- and then the top half is a tuxedo, is basically what it is. <laughs> You are um, well. Shambles. You're not well. You're not walking. You are your your dog is stationary. Your uh, your bulldog is stationary. You've got your lead. You are pausing to the camera in what can only be described as a very E D L type of uh, pause. <laughs> you-
1: only because I've got a shaved head. That's all. It was back in the... Shaved head, no, era. Yep,
0: yeah, no beard. Proper shaved head, like mine is at this moment in time. Yeah. Tuxedo top, sports shorts, and flip flops. Honestly, mate, you look like you're the leader of the English Defence League. <laughs> Shit was getting real. I know. The, be- the best. Th- but. Well, the best thing about it, right? Because you've told me where that where that picture was taken. Context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've given me yeah. the context of it. In the background, all you see. Are Union Jack flags, um, Cross of St George flags. That's why I'm thinking. Fucking, hell, what did Nick used to get up to before me and him used to kick about? What's this? Who, who am I working with? Brilliant. Give the context because people. Will be I was just gonna say, what's do you going to say.
1: Mind on? if I explain? You know, don't people thinking I'm a you know some yes. kind of plant pot? Go on. But it was the royal wedding. It was the uh, and you know you know I'm a staunch royalist as you know, mm. and it was the royal wedding and. It, my family were having a well, my sister were through a street party and all the kids were out and they had bunting in the street and everything else. Yeah. And it was the middle of summer, so I rocked up there with a fifty fifty, ready for the wedding, it's the middle of summer cut. What makes it worse in hindsight, well if you look closely there actually a pair of tap out shorts. Yeah. Which that was prior to Tap out going to Sports Direct, by the way, when Tap Out was yeah, still yeah, some kind yeah. of brand that had some kind of recognition mm. behind it. That was prior to then because uh Obviously, as we know now, the only people that wear tap-out clothing also wear trainers with Velcro on.
0: Listen. <laughs> or oh, three-quarter length uh, trackers, mate. That's it, three-quarter proper, proper
1: EDL boys, yeah. They're the only ones that wear tap-out these days. You, so, d- you uh...
0: do look proper. E- For uh, people who are overseas and not in the UK and they don't know what oh, EDL them. is, right? EDL is basically the British Ku Klux Klan, right? That's basically what it is, yeah? And you are the leader. Which I'm
1: a million miles away from. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> Let's make it absolutely clear that it's just an image Yes. taken on a particular day Yes. For, of me with for, short For hair, people that, that are
0: offended by those type of networks, listen, we we find them abhorrent. That's why I'm taking the piss out because, of uh, of Nick exactly. with the way that he was dressed on this particular picture. Because it's just the most... I might even just stick it on the internet because it's that funny. You half tuxedo, half sports... Beautiful, mate. You you just,
1: just be careful, because listen, Papa mm. Cattrall listens to the show, mm. and Papa Catchell knows how to return the favour. Mm. He knows how to get hold of me via Facebook, Mr. Catchell So if you <laughs> want to uh, strike back... I will happily take any images of your son in compromising situations from his youth. Thank
0: you. Um, following on from my dad, obviously, listening to this show, he is still in denial that me swearing is actually a thing that I do away from his uh, his presence. Oh, he actually thinks you're showing off now, does yeah, he? Just, he does. Just for the fight, well, fight he said listeners. That, yeah, he said this to me in the past. He said, listen, you're just playing up to the crowd. I said, no, I'm not, dad. That's who I really am. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's who I really am when I'm not in your presence. And like, he came around to my house last week. Obviously, he congratulated me for winning the award. And then he went, listen, you're playing to the crowd. I I understand what you're doing. I understand. (laughs) You play. I said, Dad, I'm not. That's who I am. No, you're not. You're not. I'm not having it. (laughs) Right. All right, son. Listen, speaking of random things that's happened, on yesterday's show, I told you about my Airbnb, didn't I?
1: I did, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was a. What's his name? Hugo or? Marco. Marco. How's he doing? Oh,
0: mate. It's gone to the. Did you invite him on the show? Did I invite? No, listen. I've got. I'm a bit petrified, right? Because something else has happened now over the last twenty four hours.
1: Oh God, brilliant! So Please for, tell me you woke up and he had his two your, your toothbrush in his mouth, or, something <laughs> like that. Or, he, or he was spooning you.
0: <laughs> so for those that don't know, normally me and Nick do this show up in Liverpool, but this week I'm working in London. There's a few things going on in London. There's, we're going to be talking about Bellator in a minute, but we'll. Yep. Uh, I'm down here, right? So I'm staying at an Airbnb in London and this geezer called Marco I said yesterday didn't I that he's Eastern European I found out now that he's Germany right he's fr- he's from Berlin is this kid Oh nice. lovely fella lovely fella really accommodating um, obviously the room sound as all I'm using it is for, for crashing down and what have you and coming to work anyway this morning mate it's gone to the next level on it found out that Marco lives with his mum so he's. Okay. I don't know his mum's name, right?
1: Please tell me his mum knows that you're staying there. Yeah, of course she does. They, oh, I think right,
0: this okay. is they make a few quid out of this. This is what they do. they've got. Right. A, they've got this massive house in Hampstead. I don't know what the crack is, but they've got this huge house and basically the back end of the house is they rent it out as Airbnb's. So I've got one of these rooms in the back. Anyway, his mum's the cleaner, so she's kind of during the day running like a mini hotel. Is the girl right? Yeah. Anyway, obviously I finished doing the radio last night. Gets in for about four hours four. <clears throat> Eight o'clock this morning, she's knocking on again, isn't she? She knocks on the door just to see if I'm alive and what have you, because she wants to run the Uber. So I tell her, Listen, I could do with sleep until at least eleven. Leave yeah, me yeah. be, right? So anyway, she clears off. Gets up, right? I gets up and I cook goes out to get me breakfast and what have you. <clears throat> she's there and we're having a we're having a, a conversation in broken English. But I don't know what it's like when you speak to people that don't really speak that English that well, I kind of start speaking like them. Completely. Yeah, so she's like going, uh, "So sorry, my English is not good. So I'm like going, it's okay. I don't know why I'm talking like that, right? So I'm having this conversation with this woman, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. She's trying to show me how to make coffee in this coffee machine and all this type of stuff. Then, check this out, right? So I'm having me crunchy nut cornflakes and a brew, waking up, thinking, right, I've got to get to the uh, radio station to obviously record our, our podcast today, which you're listening to right now. The reason why I was slightly late to the studio, right, is because for fifteen minutes she wanted to demonstrate Alexa to me, right? Okay. So she, so we're in the kitchen and she goes, "Hey, do, do you do you know Alexa?" And I'm like, "Going, is this a person? What's the crack here?" Anyway, it's one of them things off Amazon. Stupid
1: speaker things. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So she's like, "Going, watch, watch this, watch this," right? So I'm like, "Okay." She goes, "Alexa, music on." Music kicks on. I went, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, I know what you talked about now. Yeah, sound. Alexa, music off. Music goes off. And she goes, you do. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why Why? do I want to do this? But I'm in somebody else's house, so I've got to kind of accommodate it, haven't I? <laughs> 15 minutes, mate. 15 minutes We're going on about Alexa on, Alexa off. Honestly, I felt like fucking Danielson from the Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. Listen, calm it down. Yeah, I don't want music on. I just want to have my breakfast and go to work. That's all I want to do. No, have music on. Who do you like? You were uh, English, Amy Winehouse, yes? <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, no, mate, no. So she's playing me the fucking Back to Basics or Back to Black album, back from start to finish. It's still on. I didn't switch <laughs> it off. It's still going. <laughs> <sighs> so that's my morning, mate. And I've heard, I haven't met it yet, but I've heard there's a dog in the house. I keep hearing it yapping. Jesus Christ, that's going to be tomorrow, isn't it? I'm going to get home, or in the middle of the night when I'm coming in, like in the middle of the night of the radio show, I'm going to get attacked by a dog. You're going to—that's yeah, it. That's the end mold. of it. To the end of it. Unbelievable.
1: Well, I'm down your neck later. I'm recording all day tomorrow.
0: You're doing some TV, aren't you?
1: Doing some TV tomorrow, yeah. So BT Sports, we're doing UFC mm. breakdown Stockholm ahead of next week's Stockholm show. So by the time we record next week's show, yeah, ahead of Stockholm, I will be well and truly. Uh, up to my eyeballs Yeah, but BT
0: making, look so. after you, mate. They sort you out we don't tell you what we're oh, doing yeah, none yeah, of this I'm... Marco bollocks.
1: Oh no, no, I'm staying down at the hotel. I've got a nice get down there tonight, have a swim in the pool, up Piss in the morning, off. have some breakfast hit Piss the gym. Off. Hit the gym before I go to the studios. <laughs> oh, it's proper, mate. It's proper. Yeah, you're
0: on a good gig, that's what you you're a big deal, mate. I'm still scruffing it, you know what I mean? I'm i I'm still slumming it with Marco and his mum. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so when we will we be able to see that on the TV? Next week?
1: That's next week, yeah. Be next Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll bang it on our social media, obviously. Of but, course. Yeah, recording Thursday
0: for next week. Yeah. With you on it, Dan Hardy?
1: Dan Hardy's on, John Gooden's on. I'm not sure whether there's any... You know, last time we had Jimmy Manor were on the show, I'm not yeah. sure whether Gustafsson or one of them. It, it might be a bit close to the event. Listen, I'm sure but, you already so know this. Car, but,
0: I'm sure you already know this, but it's Dan's birthday today, so make sure you take him a cake.
1: No, I know, yeah, I'll take him a little... Uh, a little prezzy tomorrow, I think. I
0: bet you bloody will. Yeah, yeah. You and
1: you'll a miniature version of our award.
0: Yeah, you and your little bum boy, I cuddling, spooning. I bet he's in your bloody bedroom tonight as well, Listen, it?
1: don't talk to me about spooning, mate, when you and Hugo are up to your eyeballs. <laughs> Sprachens you Deutsch, baby. And Can all I all just say, it's Marco,
0: it's not Hugo, don't insult him, alright? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get stuck into it, because do you know something, there's nothing more refreshing... Um, than being able to come on a show and say, told you so, told you.
1: Finally, we got the pay-per-view we've been praying for in <clears throat> 2017. Hmm. What an event. Was it just me or were those four fights on the prelims, was that the best prelims card we've ever had or what?
0: Mate, Sherman Rashad Coulter
1: amazing.
0: is the best thing I think I've I've seen for a long, long period Crazy. of time. Crazy. Um, and, and do you know, like on last week's show, we, we said, listen, yeah, okay, I understand if you don't trust us anymore, because we told you to watch Uf, uh, UFC pay-per-view events, and they've been shit, so therefore, on Sunday morning, I was like, w- what do I actually recommend? <laughs> because I can't There's say... so much, yeah. Yeah, because on last week's show, I said, go to our social media, our Twitter, and I will recommend three fights for you to watch, okay, off the back of it, anticipating that, you know, we might get three crackers, we might, I might have to piece stuff together uh, yeah. for our audience to go and enjoy uh, here in the UK however I found myself like thinking fucking hell what do I suggest because every single one of these is absolute banging you know what I mean so I ended up going with Stipe I ended up going with Johanna, of course I did um, and then I thought I'm going to go throw a curveball in there I'm not going to go obvious uh, and we went with uh, Sherman and Coulter because on the prelims for me that was absolutely unbelievable for for a for a heavyweight fight. How light on his feet was uh, Chase Sherman? Sherman? It was unbelievable, mm-hmm. wasn't
1: it? It's a guy. He hasn't even got a winning record in the UFC either. You know, this is a guy that's struggled so far. He was a I think he was Titan champion. Made his UFC debut last summer. He's had two fights since and got and, and lost lost them both. And so he was like, back against was a warrior, but yeah, he was so light on his feet, dancing around. I felt a little bit for. Uh, for Rashad Coulter, obviously coming at late notice, not ideal for anyone. But then he was the hometown boy, so he put in a hometown boy performance, i.e. took everything, including the kitchen sink Sherman could throw at him. And that's what turned it into Fight of the night. It was absolutely sensational. If you it haven't was...
0: seen it, if you haven't seen it yet, honestly, it's still on BT. Oh, yeah. Just go You've to got the it it's... I think it's the second or third if fight in the prelims.
1: Don't even do that, though. Just go to BT. Download the prelims, download all fights, all the four fights in the prelims, because James Vick is sensational. Hmm. Jason Knight, Charles Kelly, was brilliant while it lasted. Jason Knight, wow, that kid is tough as nails. And then Alvarez versus Poirier, which I'm sure we're going to come on to, yeah. would just add everything. But before it was stopped, it was absolutely sensational fights.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it was. But... If you if you if you don't have time and you've only got one, go to uh, Sherman, Sherman Coulter. Coulter, Coulter b- basically fighting on one leg for a yeah. good, well, a good four or five minutes of that fight. And when you think he's out of it, he gets himself back into it. He ends up. Well, I'm not going to give away, give it all away just in case you haven't seen it. But definitely go and have a nosy of it because it's absolutely unbelievable.
1: Mental.
0: You mentioned Alvarez Poirier, yeah, yeah. Sensational fight totally agree with you mate it was it, it, the second round is just fucking unbelievable uh, yeah. really unbelievable but the rules are causing chaos again absolute chaos I don't understand why we can't just have a blanket rule right across the whole of the United States rather than all these individual state uh, commissioning rules which then cause confusion not only for audience it confuses uh, commentators it confuses referees it confuses yeah. the fighters obviously because this ends up getting pulled just as it was be- becoming unbelievable
1: Yeah, I know, it was crazy, and it was purely down to the fact that, you know, they've just changed the rules, the unified rules have changed in California and Nevada, which usually means everywhere else as well, they've tweaked the rules about this downed opponent thing, which we've talked about many times, where the guy's got... But uh, three points of contact on the floor, so both feet and one hand on the floor, that is no longer enough to stop you from getting a knee to the head. You need to have four points of contact, so whether it's a knee or your other hand or whatever it is, the rules have just changed in those areas. However, just Mm. to make things complicated, in Texas, the Texas State Commission or whatever whatever they're called there, they have not adopted the brand new rules yet, so we went back to the old school rules where it was only three points so that was what got us in trouble with the Eddie alvarez Dustin Poirier fight. Absolute war. Alvarez looks like he's about to get knocked out. Gets Poirier over onto his haunches up against the fence and starts throwing knees to the face now at obviously we had the benefit of instant replay afterwards, but straight away I thought that was an illegal night. Wow, that was definitely an well, illegal Well, you see, knee. I
0: didn't because I joined this and I thought that it was blanket. I genuinely did think it was blanket. I thought in, um, in Texas they had four points. So when I saw the first one, I went, what's up? Why, yeah. why are people kicking off about it? This Obviously the second one, all four points are on there. So that's, yeah. that was 100% illegal. But yeah. the, the, the confusions with that first one because he starts to stop the fight after that first one and even Herb Dean was a little bit confused because he didn't realise, did he, that it? that it it was three points otherwise he would have stopped it after the first kick and you wouldn't have got to the second one
1: but uh, listen speaking to Mark Goddard a good mate of mine obviously who's a, a UFC referee he says that every referee as soon as you arrives at the venue and everything else you do your checks you sit down with Mark Ratner who we've seen on the weekend was discussing yeah. with Herb Dean the guy with the grey beard the guy who used to run Nevada State Athletic Commission he is now the main guy at the UFC for all this kind of stuff. He sits down with all the referees and officials and he assigns fights. Hmm. So he will have said to Herb Dean, you are working Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, Stipe Miocic, Junior De Santos, and whatever else. Hmm. you know." So it's then Herb Dean's job as the referee, before the event even starts, to go into the dressing room of all the fighters he's looking after and say, right, just to remind you, the rules in this state are... Which means this, which mm. means that. Mm. So he is clear in his mind what the rules are because it's his job to make the fighters aware of exactly what the rules are in this state. So the fact that Herb Dean, let's let's face it, fucked up on Saturday night because yeah. he did. He messed up. Yeah, he should have been straight on that straight away. He should have gone, okay, that was only within Texas. It's old school rules. Three points. He definitely three points. Whoa, He should have stopped after that first knee and gone, whoa, warning point off, whatever it may be. But he didn't, he didn't move, he didn't react. So then when four points of contact, i.e. when Poitiers left hand went down as well, so he's now got, well, in fact, it was both feet, one knee and two hands on the Mm, floor by the time the second knee came. Second knee crashes into the side of his face, 100% illegal no matter what state you're in. That was when he stopped the fight. But Herb Dean's explanation was, the first one, yeah, that was okay. The second one, well, you know, Eddie didn't realise what was going on. Wait a minute, how the fuck is that an excuse? You can't you can't have a rule and then go, oh, you know, heat of the moment, he didn't realise it was accidental. Well, what's accidental and what's deliberate then? How, how can you differentiate?
0: This is it. You can't. You can't. And that's an illegal the whole... knee is
1: an illegal knee. That's it, it doesn't matter whether it's the first second or the last second of the fight. If it's an illegal knee, it's up to you. You've you fouled. You've made a foul.
0: You should be disqualified. Mm. Uh, and off the back of that, because of the way that he viewed it, Herb Dean, he's gone for no contest other than a victory towards Dustin Poirier.
1: Which Dustin Poirier should have had. Dustin Poirier should have been called the winner because that knee, both those knees, were illegal. Listen, you know. We, we tipped this, we said this was potentially going to be fight in the night and it was shaping up to be fighting the night That second round, well. man, is flames. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic. Alvarez once again shows why he's absolutely hall of fame in terms of his chin and his tenacity to come back. Probably for me, that's his best performance as a lightweight. Mm. And he gets robbed of being ranked number three in the world by a bad decision by Herb Dean. He should have took control of the situation. Herb's having a bad time at the moment, man. He's not having a good year again. And this is why Herb gets these fights because... Dana White loves him He's won Referee of the Year So many years He didn't win it last year You know But he's won it Numerous years before By far definitely Top 3 Top 5 referees On the planet Without a shadow of a doubt However He's got to be honest. He dropped the ball again this time. You know, he he, he should have he explained the rules. He knew the rules better than anybody. The first knee was definitely illegal. The second knee was absolutely illegal. So how you can say it was accidental and rule it in no contest? Honestly, if I was Dustin Poitier's team, I would be absolutely fuming. Robbed of his performance bonus. Robbed of his win bonus and obviously robbed of the fact that he would have been ranked number three in the world at Lightweight.
0: No, absolutely. I'm, listen, they're going to run it back, aren't they? They're going to they're do it again at some point, but what a shame that that happened on that particular night, because that was obviously the, the catalyst fight. That was the fight that was dragging people over to the main event. Luckily... On the prelims, we've just mentioned Sherman Coulter. That probably got people wet enough to uh, pay pay the pay-per-view money and get herself uh, across to the main event. And to be fair, the second round before it was stopped probably fired people up as well. They'd already probably bought into uh, the pay-per-view before that fight was stopped. So let's get into that main event then, man, because the main event was unbelievable. Some unbelievable moments in there. Some, for the, let's just say, not-so-hardcore, might have found it quite boring. For example... I can understand if somebody says to me, Frankie Edgar, Yar Rodriguez, a fight that we tipped last week as maybe being the fight of the night, maybe people come to us and say, well, I didn't really enjoy that, it was a little bit boring, because Frankie Edgar absolutely dominated the fight. Yar Rodriguez, I've told you, he's fantastic on his feet, he's fantastic with his feet, but he's a young buck, as you pointed out last week, a little bit naive, out of position you're going to get caught, bloody hell, man. Frankie didn't waste any time, did he? The first moment the kid's out of position, woof, you're on your back and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. He is an absolute boss. He's still cutting it at this uh, at this weight category. And I hope, I hope, Max Holloway is the man that beats Jose Aldo because Frankie then has a realistic chance of uh, becoming, uh, becoming the champ in this division. Yeah, 100%. And uh,
1: you're right, we did say it last week. You know, we, we said that this was... More than likely, too much too soon for Yar Rodriguez. Absolutely phenomenal talent, phenomenal talent, and a future champion in this weight class, 100%. But in fighting, calling now Frankie Edgar, a former lightweight champion, an absolute legend, a future Hall of Famer. He made a massive, massive mistake, and he should have been saved by him from himself. In fact, in hindsight now, you think, why the fuck did the UFC let that fight happen? You've got a young, 24-year-old Mexican rising superstar that's really setting the world on fire. That the Mexican fight fans are starting to say, this is going to be the first mixed martial arts version of Canelo. Yeah. He's going to be a superstar. You know, he he can carry shows against the right opponent. Looks sensational. Why the Fuck the day, someone should have just said, Listen, son, listen, whoa, 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 whoa. When he's going, I want Frankie Edgar, I want Frankie. Calm down. Someone just go, Wait, 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 wait. Conor McGregor didn't call out Frankie Edgar. People, you don't call out Frankie Edgar. (laughs) People don't call out Frankie Edgar, okay? Just calm down. Calm down. We'll put you in with Cubby Swanson. We'll put you in with another guy in the top five. Don't worry. You'll get your top five ranking. You are not fighting Frankie Edgar, an absolute legend, an absolute veteran, one of the toughest grapplers in this weight division. You know, former world champion, it was ridiculous decision for the UFC to put Yard Rodriguez in there, and that's our proof because Frankie Edgar put an absolute lesson on him. And you just mentioned it then. People might not appreciate it. If you didn't appreciate that, you don't appreciate mixed martial arts. Frankie Edgar was fucking sensational.
0: <laughs> One sensational. Thing. One thing that I want to bring up regarding the fight. Now, for those that have, uh, so many people will have seen memes of Yara Riga's face after after this particular fight because we made a comments last week. He's a beautiful man, Yara. <laughs> he was a beautiful man. He was a beautiful man <laughs> until obviously this fight because Frankie put some manners on him and he bust him up and he uh, it was ended. He ended up getting stopped this fight because he couldn't see out of his eye. It was it just ballooned up. Why did his corner after the end of the first round when he when he got smashed to pieces, why didn't they put the reducer on that? He was just dealing yeah. with the cut. They didn't actually deal with the, the swelling. Press. No, hmm. it was
1: crazy. It was crazy, yeah. No idea why. Joe Rogan actually picked up on that, didn't he, in the commentary as yeah. well. It was like... I
0: saw them dealing with the cut, but it was like, well, that's not the main problem. It's not going into his eye, that mate. You need to look at the balloon that's yeah. stopping him from being able to see, which ended up stopping the fight because he couldn't see out of it.
1: Exactly. They just didn't get the cold press on it at all. It was a massive mistake by the corner man, that 100%. Well, no, the the uh, the cutman, who, who obviously the UFC supply, it's not actually from Yar Rodriguez's corner, but that's what he should have done. He should have just pounced in there and put the cold press on it and try and take as much of that swelling out of it as possible. But ultimately, that's what happened. He, he completely played the price for that. But listen, Yar Rodriguez will come again. I just didn't... Midway through that fight, it was just like, why is this even happening? Yeah. Why is a 24-year-old kid who's got so much talent and so much potential. Why are they putting him in with a fucking absolutely mean-ass Frankie Edgar? At least he who's... knows what the
0: level is now, though, doesn't he? At least no, he's I gone know, in there and he goes, fuck it, can... he's proper here.
1: Imagine Yard Rodriguez against Max, Max Holloway, though. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Or Yar Rodriguez, again, against a bit of Cub Swanson, someone who likes striking, someone who's not going to... Hasn't got the style, which you know, this was the style that I said would have negated Conor McGregor as well. Mm. Frankie m- moves well inside; his footwork's excellent. He's rapid. His takedown is sensational, and when he gets you down, he's a he's a Jiu Jitsu black belt slash former standout college wrestler. He knows how to hold you down and beat the shit out of you.
0: <laughs> and he did, he did. Speaking about um, unbelievable BJJ technicians, Damien Meyerman. And to be fair, I'm wow. getting massive for that. Do you know what I mean? What a you've got to give the kid credit because his BJJ is a lot better than I gave him credit for last week. He was, he was sound. He was sound. It was a great fight. It could have it could have gone either way at certain points in there, but obviously because there was so much BJJ in the fight, Demi Meyer's just unreal. He's just he's just a technician, and that's what swayed it for me at the end of the day because there was so much of this happening on the deck, or even when you stood up on each other's backs. Yep, Demi Meyer. And the best thing about this is obviously he gets the victory, and he gets his title shot granted at the end of the fight.
1: Yeah, the um, you know we like to play matchmaker on this show, and, and you know I like to play pick fights for people, and you know give the UFC team a little bit of advice along the uh, on how they can better run their business from my you know personal hotspot here. So here's what is the one I've got for the marketing team. Here's one for the UFC marketing team, and they should be should be available on UFC store right now. The Damien Meyer. Backpack, because Jorge Masvidal <laughs> wore that motherfucker for the best part of 15 minutes, and he couldn't get him off. He could not get him off. I his tell back. you what
0: was good as well, right? Damien Meyer knocked himself out because of how tight he had the triangular legs on. Man, he, yeah, he, 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 oh, he was absolutely locked in, and at the end of the first round, he was limping back to his corner. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, he hasn't taken any kicks. What's all that about? He's just worn his legs out because he was th- he was that tight on him. Any
1: backpack company out there should now be looking at the Damian Meyer model, the model that never comes off your back, uh, that you can hike up mountains and it never slips or moves. And that was what it was like. It was, you know, don't get me wrong. When it, when it was standing up, obviously Masvidal had the edge. Uh, but as soon as as soon as Meyer got hold of him, he just he just shows what he's all about, and we talked about it this on last week's show. A few years ago, Damian Meyer, he would have stood with Masvidal, and he'd have lost on points. He'd have lost. He or he have got knocked out because he had this weird thing about him, this jujitsu lobotomy that we we christened it. And uh, but he knows what he is now. He knows he's the best jujitsu fighter in mixed martial arts. He knows who he's all about. Absolute credit to Jorge Masvidal that he was able to fend off Damien Meyer in those jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that's attacks. what I mean. I thought his defense was really good, sensational. Even Meyer said afterwards, didn't he? he said, you know, Masvidal's the best jiu-jitsu fighter I've ever fought in mixed yeah, martial arts. Yeah, fair play, man. Which is an incredible thing for him to say. So, you know, he fought Gunny Nelson not long ago, and he certainly had his way a bit more with Gunny Nelson than he did with Masvidal. Masvidal's jiu- his, his submission defense was excellent, but unfortunately, Meyer is just so good at what he does. Hmm. But what it did do is it gave me. As, as someone that's... You know, I'm, I'm on good terms with Damien Might, I know Tyron Woodley pretty well. Uh, I thought that was a 50-50 fight going in. But from this fight, I take away... I think Woodley beats him. I oh think my Woodley God! Is, Woodley beats Damien. That is Meyer. unbelievable,
0: right? Because oh, I've just written two things down here. Because there's a bit of social media spat off the back of that, where um, Masvidal's now calling out Wonderboy. That they, I think they're going to try at some point to get that on. And I think that's a great matchup. I really do mm-hmm. because they both like to kick the shit out of people. So fight, can, yeah. stick them in the centre of the octagon and let them have a go at each other. Sound? But then obviously now you get your title shot for Damien in town, Woodley and I agree 100% and we've not even had a conversation about this normally we, we'd say what did you think about that what do you think about that so we kind of know the angle of the show we've not even mentioned this to each other and the Damien Maia thing and Tyron Woodley thing before the fight I thought I don't know which way that's going to go but off the back of that performance at the weekend from Damien Maia mm-hmm. Tyron Woodley beats him
1: yeah I think Tyron Woodley's takedown defences much better than Jorge Masvidal I think he, he's He's a lot more powerful than Masvidal as well. Um, I just think that he, without strike, Damien Mario Let's face it, is there to be hit. Yeah. In the stand up, and I just think, um, I think Woodley would just be a bit too strong for him. I, you know, obviously he's going to get the fight now. Dana White confirmed it at, at ringside. You know, he said to Maya straight away, "You've got it. You've got the fight." So uh, it looks like it's definitely going to happen. But uh, at the moment, I've got a, You've got a side with Tyron Woodley. Mm.
0: Speaking of striking, mate, 't I don't give, oh, it, I, don't give it, I don't give a shit whether you've got a cock and balls or whether you're straight forward you don't <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah <laughs> this girl is the best striker in the UFC I don't care man don't even call give me arguments for how your kin to... yes he's good but he ain't your hannah he's your dry jack this kid is unbelievable that was a clinic at the weekend yes yeah. Andrade was tough as old boots. She kept coming forward. She didn't Crazy. go anywhere. Fair play, kid. Fair play. But that was—it was a boxing masterclass, mate. It was who uses who who, who does that behind a jab in the UFC? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Yeah. Joanna Jedrzejczyk was unbelievable.
1: Well, it was a, it was a Thai boxing masterclass, wasn't it? She was just absolutely phenomenal. Her phenomenal. Kids,
0: and... Her strikes, her jab, everything yeah. about it. She's she the was... best
1: woman we've ever seen in mixed martial arts ever. No question you know, about that. She, she's the best female fighter we've ever had, you know. And uh, you know, I know Ronda had this phenomenal run, phenomenal record. But, no. You know, when you're submitting people, when you're, you know, let's face it, a bit of a one-trick pony and submitting people in... Well, that's it. ...in 15 seconds and 16 seconds, that just means you're... Amazing at one thing, mm. but she got completely found out when she tried something else. Now you could argue that Joanna Jadraizek is one thing as well, but Andrade got her down. She's been down before. She gets back to her feet. She's got she's great at getting back to her feet. So she's obviously got solid jujitsu. She just doesn't need to use it. Yeah. Why use it when you're the best striker the female division's ever seen? So I actually thought a wrestler. Andre was, good, was man. amazing. Andre was so tough. She came out of it with so much credit. And these get they will have to fight again because Andrade is the real deal. And yeah. there's not many girls that are going to be able to do to Andrade what Yudryzak did. But Joanna Champion, man, she's she's a special, special athlete. And uh, Orthodox, southpaw, oh. kicks, strikes with a fist. But even early on, she took a couple of shots and just shrugged them off and well, it meant nothing to her. That big hematoma she had Jesus. on her head didn't bother her at all. She just got back down to business, back down to what she does best, that's sticking and moving, throwing shots, throwing heavy kicks, She's phenomenal for for someone so small and lean, she just hits so freaking hard. It's it's scary. Yeah, you, just, you can hear the whap of her punches and her kicks, and you just think, Christ Almighty! It's she's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. You, you know who's going to beat her? Who's going to beat Joanna?
0: Nobody. Did you just use the word whap? By the way,
1: whap 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 whap. <laughs> that's, a, that's a noise you hear from the gloves.
0: Whap whap whap. It's a technical term. That give her a good give, whapping.
1: Give her a good whapping.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mate, unreal, absolutely unbelievable, and. Um again, fair play to you. You called that. You said Joanna um, will we'll come through that in the way that she get. In fact, you got yep. every single fight right that we called last I, week.
1: I nailed every one, yeah. The only one I didn't get right exactly was I said that uh, Damian Meyer would win by submission. Yeah. But I, oh, I got all the results right, yeah. I said Majocic would win by knockouts. Yeah, like I said, Joanna points, I said... Frankie would win, uh, probably by stoppage. Yeah, I think I probably nailed that card.
0: There you go. Well, let's talk steeper, man, because the, the heavyweight division since its inauguration has been crying out for a guy to come along and dominate it, to become the poster boy. Yep. It's been like a hot potato. Like we've said on last week's show, nobody's defended that belt three times. Well, the uh, the American Croatian has that opportunity next up, mate. That was Unbelievable, And fair play to him, right? Because he was hurt. His leg was hurt. I don't give a shit what anybody says. He was wobble, He was all over the place with his leg there. He couldn't stand on it. And he just thought to himself, do you know something? I'm probably not going to get five rounds out of this leg now. So I'm yeah. just going to go and smash this kid to pieces. And he's not just smashing me or you. He's smashing JDS, mate, a legend. He went in there and he absolutely bulldozed him in the first round.
1: It was, uh, it was insane and it was... What it was, it was Stipe Miocic showing the world how much he's improved since their first fight. Their first fight was an absolutely three-round war that could have gone either way, to be honest with you. De Santos got the decision, but it literally could have gone either way. A lot of people thought that Stipe won the first fight as well. But here it was all about Stipe Steper showing the world that he is truly the number one heavyweight on the planet. He wasn't taking any chances about Junior. There was no way he was going to get caught up in a in a in a war with Junior again, which is obviously what Junior wanted. He wanted to make a statement to the world that he's the best on the planet. And to be honest, I think them low leg kicks which junior threw, I think he landed two or three of them, mm. which did upset, you know, the, it was the same kick the, uh, that Joanna was throwing against Andre, just like yeah. lower lower front shin of that front leg. You know mm. they really hurt. Air your, Air T- that's TNT your base kicks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Take your base away. You know they're just horrific. It's like um, it's like those guys have that lower lower shin kick. And then the guys at Jacksons have that front front leg teep kick horrible. to the knee. That's horrible. They're just like it's a. both horrible kicks, but they they're all bit they're all there to take your base away to stop you from driving forward. Hmm. I think Junior landed a couple of them, and Steepay's just thought, Ah, fuck this, you're going. Let's get you <laughs> out of here, son. Game over. And as soon as he started opening up, you you could see Junior getting caught against the fence and was just starting to run away. Well, mate, couldn't get that, away
0: quick enough. Well, that's it. As he's backing off and. Th- Sometimes in sl- you don't necessarily see these in, in the actual real time of, of a fight. In slow motion, if you, watch, if you watch it, and for those that haven't seen it, please go and see this knockout. It is absolutely unbelievable. As, um, as JDS is backing off, his head catches the octagon and just makes it bounce just off the actual cage side. So his head touches it and it bounces off. And as it's bouncing off, obviously is coming in with the shot, so it's like your head's going into the fist yeah. and boom. End of. If he's, I think if he's going away and there's not that bounce, yes, it hurts him, but I don't think it knocks him out because it's, because his head's bounced off the side of the octagon, he's bounced into the fist as the fist is coming through with a ridiculous amount of power and pace, and boom, good night, that's it, end of.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I, the, prob- the problem we've got with Stepe now is, Who'd you put in with him next? Who who is going to stop him from becoming the first heavyweight in UFC <sighs> history? Don't know, man. To make more than two consecutive title defenses. Who you is know? it? No one's ever done it. No is one's it ever. F-
0: is it Big Francis? Is that who we do?
1: But then you know, Big Francis. We were talking about him last week, and we we're like, oh, it's got to be. But I got got to be Nagano. You know, who else is going to go in there? And and that's the big question now. But then, when you look at the fact that Stepe, look at who he's just ran through. Look mm. at his, look at who he's just defeated along the way. You know, he's got. He, he, he smashed through Mark Hunt and uh, Andre Olovsky, both yep. guys who uh, you know, have, an, have an Indian summers if you like. Then he gets in against Fabrizio Vadum. At the time, everyone's saying, Fabrizio Vadum, best in the world. You know, Is he better than Fedor? He's proved he's better than Kane. F- F- Fabrizio Vadum, is he the best heavyweight we've ever seen? Hmm. Smashes Fabrizio Vadum, knocks him out in one round in Brazil. Hmm. Then he goes in with Alistair Overeem. Everyone's saying, Overeem, best striker heavyweight division's ever seen. Greatest of all time. Blah, 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 blah. Dunk he smashes over the, by knockouts as well. The rematch with Junior de Santos, he's having a s I say, a bit of a comeback in his career, a load of wins since the last, you know, can he win the title back? Smashes Junior de Santos in the first round as well. It's like the guy has won his last four fights by first round knockout.
0: Who is it then? At is what is
1: stage do we start saying not 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 only does he fight next, but at what stage do we start saying, Okay, Steve Bay let's draw them comparisons with Fido, with Vadum, with Kane Velasquez, you know, the ideal fight for me would be Velasquez. That's the one.
0: I was just going to say, Ken. that's would the one be
1: win missing off his record. That's the one win missing, and that's for me. That's the toughest fight on paper because both of them come from, you know, high-level wrestling backgrounds. Both of them are grappler punchers. They're, they're very suited. Both of them have got incredible engines for heavyweights. Problem is, Kane's a wall at the moment. We yeah. don't know whether Kane's ever going to come back or what's going on. He's injured, so, isn't he? Yeah. didn't, didn't it's got to be Nagano. Nagano's the highest-rated guy other than Kane, and he hasn't beat this guy's rank, you know, number five or number six, depending on what rankings you're looking at. i say Kane's probably number two or number three. Kane is AWOL, so he's out of the picture. So it, it's kind of got to be... Naganu or maybe Derek Lewis, or you know. Well, do you know I something? Know, I think these are guys that are very raw compared to the guys. Do you know something?
0: Beating. I think it is Derek Lewis. If Derek Lewis wins his next fight, um, the debt escapes me as to when he's out next. But if De- if if Derek Lewis wins that next fight, I think that's who it is, and that you know the big black beast. What do you? I don't know. I mean, Listen, yes, he's got fists of steel, mate, and that's the only real threat I'd see in that fight towards Stipe, but that's the only legitimate. Kane, I agree with, but Kane's air while he's injured. Yeah. Um, so that's the only one. What's the point in going back over all ground and taking on the again? You know what I mean? There's no point.
1: But the problem is Derek Lewis has beat Absolutely nobody I know I fight Mark Hunt In a couple of weeks In New Zealand That'll yeah. be the biggest scalp On his record I know he knocked out Travis Brown But Travis Brown Half the fighter he once was Prior to that You know Other than Roy Nelson That split decision Over Roy Nelson He's not really beat anybody But who else that's has That's the problem Other than the guys That has
0: just smashed the bits I mean he's smashed to Everybody that's any good He's already done them So who, yeah. else, who else Does he go and fight
1: I think at this point, I think because the heavyweight, the lack of depth in that heavyweight division, uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Jimmy Manawa fight him
0: at uh, heavyweight. Yeah, would well, Jimmy, Jimmy Manawa? Was Jimmy Jim- Manawa? Was mm.
1: you know floating around? He's still waiting. He came out this week, Jimmy, and said that he'd take a fighter heavyweight if one was offered. Because at the end of the day, John Jones is fighting Cormier next, so that mm-hmm. the, the division's on lockdown. Gustafsson obviously fights in two weeks' time as well. Um, you know he's not gonna. It's not like Gustafsson and Manuel are gonna fight and eliminate it. They've already said that's never gonna happen. So it wouldn't do anything to Jimmy's uh, ranking at light heavyweight. So have one fighter heavyweight, but at least Jimmy's beat good guys. I know it's a completely different weight division, but at least these kind of legitimately entitled mix. Hmm. For me, it's just a little bit too soon for both Naganu and Lewis, hmm. especially when you look at the fact that stipe has been defeating. The likes of Vadum and Overeem and Dos Anjos, you know, these guys have been up there for a long time contesting.
0: I love that. I love what you do there because <laughs> you did this last week regarding Dos Santos and Dos Anjos. Is anything with Dos in it, you, 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 you just you, go the other way. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like that we should rename all fighters just to just to cause a little bit of a curveball for people that listen to the show. Yeah, uh, JDS, yeah, you're I think you're 100 percent right. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because it just be
1: interesting to see who they put in there with next. Well, Don't he's... get me wrong. If, if Lewis Starches Mark Hunt in June mm. knocks him flat in New Zealand, uh, then obviously he becomes far more viable as an opponent. Naganu for me, you know, we're massive fans of Naganu. I think he's got a, a massive future, potentially a future heavyweight champion. However, it kind of stinks a little bit of the, you know, Yar Rodriguez against Frankie Edgar. It's like, you know, Yar Rodriguez in two years' time, 18 months' time, maybe then he was ready for Frankie Edgar, but this was just too soon. And I think, likewise, Nagano going in against Stipe. This is a guy that's only just moved to Vegas, remember, to try and work on wrestling because he's never had any formal wrestling training. He's been training out of France, been knocking everybody out. Fantastic. Stipe would just put, Stipe would just put him on his back and beat the crap out of him. I think it's too soon for the guy I think Lewis is probably a stretch as well. We, we could gamble on Lewis, but I guarantee now, if you bet against Mark Hunt knocking out uh, Lewis in, uh, in in New Zealand, then you're a mentalist, because I'm telling you now, Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt, that's just going to be a gun show. Whichever big fat guy lands first, the other guy's getting knocked out, that, that's it. And, it, and you, you know, it'd just be like Mark Hunt to knock out the next potential heavyweight champion and get his shot at the belt. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store.
0: In other news in the world of UFC, um, I don't know if you've seen this Twitter spat, Nick. I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of finding it quite nice when uh, there are Twitter spats. Um, this one involving the model that is uh, Luke Rockhold and the president that is Dana White. Um, Luke Rockhold's come out and started uh, giving Dana a bit of abuse over social media. I loved it. I, in any other walk of life, where would you abuse your boss on social media? Where would you <laughs> do that? Anyway, in the UFC, uh, because these guys are fighters and uh, they want a fair deal. Uh, Luke Rockhold's come out and started, uh, well, he's responded to something that Dana has said regarding um, earning title shots. And he's he's talking about his own division in the middleweights, GSP versus Bispin. And his argument was, how has GSP earned his title shot, even though Dana's now told us that that title shot is off, there's a lot of confusion regarding that fight, I'm sure, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but um, Luke Rockhold's come out and said, how has he earned a title shot? He's been away for God knows how long. He's not earned nothing. Start uh, Think about what you're saying before you start running your mouth is basically the angle that Luke Rockhold said. Anyway, Dana's come back. He said, what are you talking about? This is a man that didn't lose his belt in the Oats gone. He was champ when he uh, decided to pack it in, so therefore, uh, technically, he's still you know the, the, a, a champion in some way shape or form yep. um, and that's how he's uh, gone about earning his title shot so uh, you stick to fighting and modelling and I'll stick to match matchmaking which is beautiful pouring a little bit of petrol on the fire giving him a little cheeky insult at the back end of the tweet yep. I love stuff like this I think it just adds to the whole um, um, narrative which I'm sure w, WME and IMG are absolutely loving they love a little bit of a Hollywood narrative they're turning the gaff into WWE
1: yeah exactly and uh, that used to always be the way you know the UF, the the three letters UFC and with, with the biggest with a big show that's what people bought into it was the UFC and then uh, the biggest star in the UFC was Dana White for a long time Dana was the biggest star and I think Dana's just letting these guys know that he's still the biggest star unfortunately he isn't because we know there's a little Irishman that has completely and utterly overshadowed even Dana White but uh I think he's just let Luke Rockhold know that listen the pecking order hasn't changed that much okay it's UFC, Conor McGregor, Dana White, and then the entire roster. But you know, he's just reminding Luke Rockhold there to get back in his lane. I think hmm. I, I get what Luke Rockhold's saying. Being a middleweight, he wants he wants his shot at redemption. You yeah, know, but he,
0: how does he get a shot? Because last time he was in the octagon, he got knocked out by Bispin. So you know what I mean. He needs to get back in his lane. He needs to I think get he's in just the octagon and start fighting.
1: He's not gonna he's not gonna get a fight with for the for the title. Inside the next 12 months, hmm. because if GSP is going to fight for it, well, then your Romero is going to fight for it after that. Um,
0: or, re- or, well, we're hearing that re- GSP's off. That's what yeah, we're hearing. So it's so, Romero next, aren't we? You know what I mean?
1: So if it is Romero next, then hopefully, you know, if Rocco can get active, then hmm. potentially he could put himself in the frame for the end of the year. Don't, you know, it's this is a guy that pulled out of a fight with Robert Whitker. You know, he needs, uh, Dana and Wright. Jacare. He's, and Jacare. he's got to get active
0: hmm. to get his shot. Stop modeling, Luke. Get back in the octagon because I love him as a fighter. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I mean, at one point I was thinking, "Fucking you know, hell, this guy's going to dominate the middleweight division for years." Yeah. Obviously, Bisping comes along and has a little bit of a left up Larry on him and uh, knocks him clean out. But we've not seen him since. We need to see him. before you start getting lippy. You need to start backing it up in the octagon. That's basically the rule, is it? Get yourself in there, start beating some dudes up, and then start calling some guys out. He's talented enough. I just hope he's fit enough and his body's uh, his body's all right. Get him in there and let's uh, let's see what happens. But like you said, this whole middleweight division is a little bit weird at this moment in time because with Dana in, I think he was on Fox in Australia or something, wasn't he, saying, listen, off the back of the video that we were talking about last week with GSP saying, hey, any time after October, it's like, fuck off, man. That's a year that the Mm -hmm. middleweight belt has not... Have been defended by Mike. I mean, that's great for Mike because he's got a dodgy knee at the moment. He's 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 having that all fixed, and I know he's over here in the UK. He was in my neck of the woods uh, last week up Clitheroe. He's
1: filming some. Is he making another movie? Is he?
0: No, he's uh, he's got a bit of. I don't even know if we're allowed to talk about. It. He's got a legal court case going on with oh, his right, with his right, ex-manager, yeah. who's the, the so he's having
1: some time off at the moment. Yeah,
0: so he's <laughs> yeah. in the UK in the High Court sorting that problem out at this moment in time I'm I'm sure he will all come out and he'll talk about it uh, once everything's been resolved but that's going on at the moment in time so he's not in camp he's not training this is good for Mike if he's out for whatever period of time it is yeah. The more his knee can rest and get back to its full strength before he gets back in and starts training, that's good. But for the middleweight division, it's bollocks. You can't have it on hold for a full year whilst everybody else, all these killers, and there's a lot of killers in there. You've got yeah. all these guys like knocking on the door, going, well, "Hang on a minute, what's the point of me fighting because I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a moment away?" For example, Bobby Knuckles, yeah, Robert Whitaker, mm-hmm. he's probably a moment away from becoming the next in line. Off the back of your Romero to get himself a, a title shot, we we that's where we've ranked him on this particular show in the past. After his after his last victory,
1: definitely.
0: So you're thinking to yourself, well, why should he fight again? He's going to say, well, unless I'm I need the cash. Why should I fight again and risk? Losing my ranking, I'm 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 a second away. But then that puts the whole middleweight division on lockdown. Nobody's fighting anybody because they're all waiting for the next stage, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. But then they brought this kind of brought this on themselves by bringing GSP back into the frame. And who's not
0: GSP even a middleweight? He's in. not even a middleweight, mate. No. Mm. Um. So it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how that all plays out. Listen, um, we've spoke on on uh, at length on this show about uh, weight cutting issues. Uh, and uh, California are trying to obviously clean that up now. They're trying to to, uh, bring in uh, some new rules, some new regulations in order to make the weight-cutting situation uh, a whole lot better. You're across this, mate. Lay it down in layman's terms, because I just kept reading fucking terms and conditions and getting all confused by various things. Give it to us straight. What are California hoping to do?
1: So what they, what they are actually going to do in the ABC the the, uh, the Association of Boxing Commissions which kind of overrules all this uh, they've agreed that they're going to sign off on this as well. So what they, the, the the main thing that they're going to do is bring in more weight classes which a lot of fighters have been asking for for a long time obviously UFC uh, using the UFC as a benchmark you've got you know 130, 125 135 145 155 170 185 205, you know, and then and then the uh, the big boys, but there's just jumps there later on, and obviously the guys who are in round middleweight, welterweight, light heavyweight, they're all kind of saying, well, it's a big difference for them. It's a big difference to go from 155 up to 170. There's 15 pound there. It's over a stone a weight difference. Whereas all the others, it's only five you know, it's it's only it's a lot shorter. So uh, it's only 10 pounds. So what they've done is they're bringing in a 165 division, a 175 division. A 195 division and a 225 division as well so we're effectively going to bring in a cruiserweight a super middleweight and like a light welterweight or a super lightweight division if you like so the csa of uh, the csac have signed off on that uh, they've also signed off on uh stricter rules against weighing in so if you weigh in and you miss weight and at the moment a percentage of your fight purse, twenty percent of your fight purse, ten percent goes for the to the fighter, ten percent goes to the local commission. Or well, they're making that they're gonna make that even higher. They're also gonna include a win bonus in there as well. So if you were to miss weight but win, then your win bonus goes to the guy you've beaten as well. So that's obviously that's more hmm. more of an incentive not to make weight. Um, also they're gonna do a day of the fight weight checks. So increase in weight within 30 hours is uh, more than 10% increase Mm. um, in weight is going to come with a fine as well. So basically, if you weigh 170, then the next day you can only weigh 187 maximum. Any more than one eight seven, yeah. you get fined as well. Yeah, which exactly. is great. That's what we want. No,
0: no, absolutely, man. I mean, I mean, we've in, on, on our boxing show, we've been hypercritical, obviously, about these catchweights that Canelo sets, for example. Yep. Uh, to benefit himself, fighting at around the between 150 and 160 one hundred and sixty pound mark, and then on fight night, he's weighing in at one hundred and ninety pounds. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. Obviously, his body can take that. He doesn't look in any bad shape doing it. But there's other fighters seeing him do that and going, oh fucking hell, right, that's the way about uh, uh, going it, and they're, they're killing themselves at the weight. I mean, really killing themselves and putting themselves in danger. You know what I mean? And their opponent in danger because if you're fighting a guy, yeah, if you're fighting a guy, who's supposed to be the same weight as you, but he's twenty pounds heavier on fight night. But I mean, when, yep. he, when he hits you, you're going to know about it.
1: Exactly. And the, the, the final point as well, the commissions the commissions are also going to give. They're going to also gonna allow the commission to implement a thirty and ten day pre fight check. At their, at their disposal also. So if, say, you're someone like Johnny Hendricks or uh, Kelvin Gastelum, who's got a history of missing weight, the local commission, whether it's Nevada or whatever, can go, right, you know what, you've got you've had issues in the past, so 30 days before the fight, we're going to check away, yeah, 10 days before the fight, we're going to check away, yeah, and then obviously you're weighing the day before the fight. So they can monitor these guys to make sure they're not Actually, taking any unnecessary risks, mm. uh, and also it protects the promoters because if you know that Johnny Hendricks is still seventeen stone overweight ten days before the fight, he ain't gonna make weight. So you can make that assessment ten days before, bring in a replacement, do what you gotta do. So it makes sense for everybody. Uh, I'm just glad that they've been proactive about it because they made some decisions six months ago. They move. For, remember, if they they move forward the in from lunchtime or three o'clock on a Friday to between nine and ten a.m. in the local hotel. Tell. they brought brought that in six months ago it changed absolutely nothing in fact we've talked about it before on the show things got worse it mm. made it worse yeah people more people missing weight. we've had more people go to the hospital in the last six months prior to the weigh-ins it's been absolute chaos so i'm glad that they've gone they haven't kind of gone oh we'll let it play out for a year and then we'll do something they've gone that nah, right we still haven't cracked this let's get back in there let's make some decisions and these decisions hopefully the new weight classes everything else could be interesting now just on that point there is already a female atom weight division hmm. that's been around for a long time the ufc and bellator and a lot of organizations choose not to have that weight division because of a lack of depth so don't suddenly think that because this has been made in the summer we're going to see a ufc 165 a 175 a 195 and a 225 belt suddenly appear and suddenly there will be this kind of you know uh, this this spread out of of, of fighters and, and and belts everywhere from a from a fight fan perspective, I hope we do see a two twenty five pound division. I think yep. that'd be really interesting. I really hope we see a one ninety-five division as well. Um just on that point, you know, we've talked NEM about potentially seeing Jimmy Manoa move up to heavyweights. Jimmy Manoa up at two twenty five would be mm. an absolutely dangerous proposition. Mm. And I think Cormier would be good at two twenty-five as well. Yeah. It would also be a a stepping stone weight division for John Jones before mm. he goes up to heavyweight hopefully so you know suddenly John Jones has got the potential to win three weight divisions now so I, th- I think that's good they, I think they will likely come in but at the moment it's they, they're just going to be in place promoters can choose to bring them in or they don't that'll be interesting to see what UFC takes on
0: mm. no absolutely uh, away from the UFC um, in London this week where I am um, it is Bellator 179. It's a We, we wax lyrical about this when this fight was made. The card um, was solid, but the main event was absolutely mouth-watering. Sadly, on the undercard, MVP Michael Venom-Page has sadly dropped off. I think he's got a knee injury, so he won't be fighting in London this weekend. But nope. a guy that maybe we'll see him in the octagon with at some point, Paul Daly, will be taking on Rory McDonald. This is absolutely lip-smackingly good. Not only is it lip-smackingly good just for the matchup itself but the fact that Bellator have decided to get their main prize possession in Rory McDonnell, a man that has obviously been in the UFC. I'm sure a lot of the fight fans are fully aware of what he's been up to. But for him to make his debut with their franchise in the UK for us here in the UK is like what? Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great and uh, as you say that main event is class. Gutted, Michael Page dropped off but Mm. Kind of no surprise as well. Derek Anderson, who he was matched with, is a, is very much comes from a college wrestling base. And we haven't seen Michael Page in with an accomplished wrestler as of yet. So we were going to get some answers. Now we're not going to get some Mm. answers. I'm not really surprised. Take from that what you will. Um, but basically, Michael Page is, is plotting his own little path. Uh, but in, t- in terms of that main event, listen, I love the co-main as well, before I get into the main event. I love the co-main. Liam McGee against Linton Vassell. Great. An all-British battle at light heavyweight. The former champion against the uh, the Swarm, Linton Vassell, who's based out of Florida with our boy Danny Roberts. Love Linton to bits, really good guy. This is a major opportunity for him. Liam McGreary though is sick, absolutely sick jiu-jitsu fighter, along with being an incredible striker. So that one I think could absolutely light up the card. But for me, the main event, Rory Macdonald against Paul Daly it's just there's just one question needs answering, and there is what has Rory Macdonald actually got left? Mm. What what have those defeats against Robbie Law and Stephen Thompson, especially the Robbie Law defeat? Oh, man. You know what has that actually taken out of him? You know because. Well, the two wars he had with Robbie Lawler, but certainly the second one um, when he was fighting for the title last in the summer of 2015. That that that's not the fight you type of fight you come back from and and you have many years left on you you know he he absolutely had his nose obliterated by Robbie Lawler Stephen Thompson he had a year out and Stephen Thompson smashed his nose to bits again and, and he was saying he hasn't given his nose enough time to recover now we're almost a year on again so you know Ronnie Macdonald this is only his third fight you know in in like three years so mm. for me you, you know he was at one time the, the the prodigy you know the, the GSP's successor but now I just don't know how many wars he's been in and I'll tell you now listen there's, there's two ways this fight goes either we get a very GSP style performance oh he's going to
0: wrestle the shit out of and it, that mate. means
1: puts Daly on his back yeah. grinds him on the floor beats him up similar to what we see Frankie Edgar do against Yaro yep. at the weekend yep. that is what he's got to do to make sure he wins this fight however
0: he's not going toe to toe with Semtex mate he doing McDonald that Rory
1: MacDonald loves a tear up mate, he's well. not doing it he's not stupid and if he goes toe to toe with Paul Daly he will get put to sleep he
0: can't mate he can't do that this This is like his big coming-out fight. This is a coming-of-age fight. He's supposed to obviously win this. Yes, he's fighting a decent fighter in Semtex, who I've been on this show and said it was involved with one of my favourite mixed martial arts fights of all time with Mr Diaz. Love it. Mm -hmm. However, there's no way you can go toe-to-toe with him because he's got blooming fists of fury, mate. He has to wrestle him. He's got to, like you just said, he's got to do what Frankie Edgar did at the weekend, nullify the talent that Paul Semtex Daily has, stick him on his bike, just beat, ground and pound the shit out of him for God knows however long it lasts, and get the W. That's it. Just get the W. Do yep. not stand in the middle of the octagon with a man because if he lands, it's over.
1: It, 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 that's absolutely right, yeah. They call him Semtex for the reason. The guy's got absolute dynamite in his fists. I just don't know whether, you know, this... Bear in mind, Rory hasn't fought for a year. This is his first time with Bellator. He wants to put on a show. In the UK
0: against a UK fighter. It's going to be great.
1: He's going to want to put on a show. Paul Daly's an ace little trash talker in there as well. Be Tons of needle in this fight. I just don't know. I think if Rory's mature and intelligent and and does, you know, it it doesn't take rocket scientists to work out how this fight unfolds for either guy. Hmm. I just don't know how much Rory Macdonald can resist having a little pop, a little bit of a gun show with Paul Daly and if that happens I believe Daly knocks him out cold and that's going to be my prediction a daily knockout probably in the third round
0: this is on Spike in the US which I'm sure our US listeners are all over but yeah Spike... it's coming in
1: the UK Spike in the UK as well
0: yeah that I was just about to say it's, we've so, got Spike yeah. in the UK and obviously they're owned by Channel 5 so I've no doubt there'll be reruns on there as well so there'll be, there'll be at some point this weekend you, you have to catch this it's going to be unbelievable I know that there's people that listen to our show that are UK Fight fans that are going to it yeah. uh, so totally enjoy it at with this uh, 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 This weekend, it should be an absolute barnstormer. Also on there, Kimbo Slices, lad, Baby Slices in the town, uh, and he's going to be performing as well.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store.
0: Now, just before we finish uh, this week... We're going to do something quite serious normally obviously we're laughing and joking and we talk about obviously the fights and various things like that but there's some serious news obviously in the world of mixed martial arts um, in particular the UFC and I'm sure you'll have seen this at the weekend with Frankie Edgar's performance the first thing that he did after be- after beating Yair Rodriguez uh, was mention his good friend and coach uh, Nick Caton whose uh, who's two year old son uh, passed away last week before a fight I think it happened on the Thursday and obviously Frankie was uh, in action on the on the Saturday night um, there is a GoFundMe page at this moment in time where you can donate to the Katon family I've looked into this stuff because I didn't know too much about it the actual mm-hmm. story itself and when you hear of a two year old passing away first of all as parents I'm sure you do the exact same thing that you, you think about your own kids and you think flipping egg, man two years of age that is just absolutely horrific so I thought I'd look into it just to see what the causes were, whether there were illnesses and various things like that. And when you get into the story, there was no illnesses. You're just no. a two-year-old kid, loving life, enjoying his family and his older siblings, and goes to bed one night, says, night, Daddy, and doesn't wake up, man. Scary. Absolutely scary. And you just think to yourself, do you know something? There's There's, there's bigger things going on in the world than obviously enjoying what we enjoy doing, what we're doing here, talking about fight sports, but there's these are these are real life human beings. Yes, we admire them for fighters. Yes, we admire their fantastic techniques as coaches and various things like that. But they've got lives. They've got other things going on in their world that are more important to them than obviously standing inside the octagon. They just do that as a living in order to to pay their way through life, I suppose. Yes, there's glory, yes there's glitz and there's glamour when you get to the top of the game, but there's real life as well that goes on in the background. And our hearts Absolutely, go out to Nick Cotton and his and his wife and their and their other children. Tracking. They must they must be going through absolute hell at this yeah. uh, at this moment in time. You,
1: you can't even comprehend it, can you? You know, it was it's a similar thing this week watching uh, on TV in the UK. We had that the documentary series finished this week, Little Boy Blue, yeah, which was about Reese Jones, the boy. Well, that's L- prominent for you, obviously. You live my in that hometown. area. Yeah, that you live in that area. Know, a 11 year old boy walking back from football practice and took a bullet in the neck and. Uh, got caught in the crossfire, really, of a, of, a, of a stupid territorial war between between gangs. And um, you, you can't even, as a parent, you can't even get your head around it for a second, no. can you? So it's uh, devastating for, for Nick Catone and his family. I think British fight fans might remember uh, he fought Tom Watson. That was his last ever fight yeah. in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. He fought Tom Watson back in 2014. Obviously, Tom being a UK fighter. So, uh, yeah, obviously, the... Uh, all our thoughts are with the Caton family and if you can make a small donation to the GoFundMe page. I think the GoFundMe page is to uh, it's to put a little bit of a fund together so so that other kids can go to college. I think it's for it's like a scholarship fund for mm. the for the rest of the family and it obviously allows Nick to uh, to focus on his family right now and, and, and put all his efforts into that rather than the uh, mixed martial arts. But tragic.
0: Mm, absolutely. Um, and with that Um, We finish this week's show. Thank you so much for uh, subscribing to us and listening to us on a week-by-week basis. Next week, we'll obviously um, have more from the world of UFC. You can get all our previous shows on fightdisciples.com. We're also available on social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.